The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. John E. Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan debt. I'm so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money, managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you create better financial habits, envision your long-term goals, and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of John E. Sistina and Company are on deck to show you the way. I'm your host, Tracy Bennett, the Onboarding and Public Relations Manager for John E. Sistina and Company. Uh, joining me today are certified financial planners, Tyler Cook and Cole Hammock. And this is, uh, I've been looking forward to this show today. Setting this up is going to be fun. Um, and I think it's a topic that many people can relate to and many will be interested in. We're going to cover a, a wide gamut of information. Um, but first, I want to talk about um, kids. I want to, I love an excuse to ask you guys how your kids are doing. And we kind of, we all three have children and they're all at different phases. So um, you're dads and I'm a mom. Uh, so this is a, this is going to be a great conversation based on those roles today. We're going to talk about uh, raising money smart kids and navigating finances and parenthood. So it's kind of a behemoth of a subject, it's lots a lot. to cover. Yeah. yeah. So you, Cole, you you have a, a little tiny guy right now. Oh, so I sure do. I love him. Is he is he four months, five months? What I, is he now? He'll be four months here in ten days, which. It's kind of insane. I have no idea where the time went, but it's crazy just watching how quickly he's grown in just a short amount of time. It was just a, a little nugget for like a, a month and a half. And now he's massive. <laughs> you got it's his been, 529 started yet? Absolutely. Yeah, could, could, <laughs> I've had clients. I, I love it. Um, like when, when they found out that he was on the way that they asked, hey, do you have your 529 plan set up? Try to turn the tables. Paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I love it. That's great. I was happy to report. Yes, I do. That's awesome. Tyler, you have a couple of babies. Uh, yeah. one that's, one that's what, four now? Not four, three and a half. Three and a half. I've got him four, too old. Today. So. Fantastic. Can't, yeah, Cameron, the daughter. She's, stuff. she's 14. So we're, yeah, we're in the middle of that, that those teenage years. Happy I'm so birthday, sorry. Cameron. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Happy birthday, honey. Yes. Yeah. You've got the gamut here. You see, you've got both ends of the spectrum. So. Tod yeah. Toddler and teenager in, in two different directions every day, but uh, somehow bring it all back together at the yeah, end of the you day. You get so. through it. You're yeah. keeping your head on straight. You get through it. Mine are, mine are actually 29 and, and soon to be, well, soon to be soon to be 29 and soon to be 31. So uh, I've got one. My youngest has got a birthday coming. So happy early birthday, Eric. Yeah, Eric. He'll be 29 years old. That's hard to believe. It does go fast. It's um. And as I look back when we're kind of talking about this subject, I look back on all of the times that uh, before, long before I started working here, of course, where I tried to instill in the boys um, lessons about money. Um, and, you know, you kind of bring to the table your own experiences, your own uh, emotion, your own, uh, your fails and your wins. So that's kind of what part of what we're going to talk about today um, at the different stages of childhood, um, bringing great lessons and um, as it relates to the patterns that we, we, we bring to the table, as well as, um, you know, navigating the finances of parenthood, because they kind of go hand in hand. So um, I'm going to, and I'm trying to reduce my ums today, Tyler. 
So hopefully our, our <laughs> followers will, will forgive me if I get caught up on the ums. I'm trying to polish that up a little bit. A little video up with the counter yeah. in the corner. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just mean you're thinking. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> so be patient. I'm working on it. Financial education for kids. Let's get into it. Why is it important to start teaching kids about money and financial responsibility from such a young age? Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, I think the experiences you have in your childhood dictate how you think about money when you're an adult, right? And you see that in, in good and bad. There's scenarios where people are taught. Maybe, and we, I go back to my grandparents' depression era, you know, pinching every penny and didn't really live their lives maybe the way they should have. Uh, because of the fear of what, what money mm-hmm. meant to them as a child. Mm-hmm. And then you see other scenarios too, where people are maybe have uh, an abundance of money early on and they lack the the basic fundamental education, just of the basics regarding yeah, personal finance. Yeah. Discipline's a big one. It's easy come, easy go. So, and there's obviously middle ground between both of those two ends of the spectrum. But I think if you can teach people the right way early and have positive experiences and use daily, uh, what I call teachable moments, that will set kids up for better success in the future. Still going to need some coaching through certain things. And I'm <laughs> financial planner, right? <laughs> Been doing this 20 years, 14 year old daughter. I'm still like, what is she thinking? With some of these things? So <laughs> you've got to work through that. And I think that's just, that's part of parenting too with this, but it, it's not enough. Sadly, it's not enough to just say, go learn this in school. You've got to be hands-on with your kids, give them that real world education for them to succeed. It's getting a little better. I think financial literacy has come a little bit, um, farther than than when I was raising mine. Uh, you guys have technology and, and we'll get to that. But you kind of have to get real with yourself, don't you? You kind of have to recognize your own bad habits, which I guess applies to parenting in all ways. You know, when you're trying to, when you set a bar of expectation for your children, you kind of have to look at yourself first. Uh, sure. So that's, that's kind of relevant as we get moving. But what age did you start saving as a kid, Cole? Oh, that's, that's, that's a really good question. Um, so I, I think as kids, we, we kind of just held on to, to whatever cash we could. We had, I don't think we were really big spenders, um, because we didn't really have a whole lot of money to do that. Um, so we never had a lot to save, but we saved what we did probably eight or so. I'd say we started, but I don't think there was anything really structural. It just, you know, it's nice to be able to flip over to the piggy bank and see that we had more than nothing in there. <laughs> Um, but I don't know that there was really a, a plan or a goal that we had when we were doing it. So I, I have a question because you guys are in a new, unique position, both of you as CFPs and mm-hmm. being fathers. I mean, Tyler, what are the what are some of the key concepts or skills that kids should learn right out of the gate? I guess. And, and how how early do you start? Yeah, so there's definitely phases, right, in terms of what topics should be taught at what ages and just the basics. I, I'll just share my story. So I remember my dad took me to the bank when I was middle not middle school elementary school so second or third grade and he said today we're going to open up a an, an account and we're going to buy a cd i was like oh that sounds cool nice <laughs> wow was it like backstreet boys or? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right before that oh sorry before that. Been like mc hammer or somebody right so we're going way back sorry so but yeah that was cited so like cd what what is that you know so we, we dove, dove into that a little bit and i remember filling out the paperwork and, and watching that all happen and uh-huh. get, back then you'd get like a little actual certificate of deposit <laughs> right cd Fun. uh and so I, I just i was fascinated by the concept and i remember this sitting it was uh bank one no longer a bank anymore but it's called bank one here in columbus and i was sitting there in their nice chairs and going through it and, I, and they gave me a leather binder and it had like your own little checkbook and all this stuff and i just remember i was fascinated by the concept though on the cd that i could just give this bank my money and they pay me money 
that whole interest idea of interest. So that's how I learned about what interest actually did. And then I think those can be taught like elementary school, right? That's just the basic concepts. What's an interest uh, payment? I, I think the credit card interest world, right? The bad interest side of things is later. And I'm, sure. doing, I'm dealing with that right now with, with Cameron. You know, at 14, independent, wants to go on her own. She needs money. Nobody uses cash anymore. I hate to say it, but it's true. Um, so she, and I'll get into some things that I use for her, but she does have a card and uh, trying to monitor that and realize it's not a blank check mm-hmm. is where we're at. So start early in the, with the basics and you'll learn some of that stuff in, in elementary school through the state of uh, whatever state you're in, their, their department of education. But I think the key there too is at home, if you can meet the child where they are in their uh, maturity level. And what I mean by that is you can't, like, Cole, you can't sit down and start talking to Aiden right now about, you know, interest, right? He's, uh, I can. <laughs> is that your bedtime stories right now, four months old? Right? No, we do Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. You probably actually do. I believe <laughs> to it. To be or not to be, Tyler. I believe it. Yeah, so, I, so and you got to know your kids too, right? I think it's, you obviously have uh, two children as well, and I think everybody learns a little bit differently. So how you phrase those things and how you teach can be uh, somewhat customizable to each child in, in the bo- way they learn the best. Like if I handed Cameron a book and said, read this, it won't happen. But if I'm at the grocery store and said, hey, let's talk about sales tax today. And I show her like, you want to buy this, you know, Takis, what, you know, those kids love Takis. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. They're disgusting, by the way, but have you had Takis? I have. The oh. chocolate. The chocolate. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm thinking no, of Takis. You're Taki. thinking, but you're thinking oh. Pocky. You know Takis. I'm aware of them. I would never eat what them for obvious reasons, but. Basically, like a, a chip, very hot chip and a yeah. Frito type. It's the whole oh, thing. Oh, I'm completely. Anyways, that's what these kids are really enough for that. Product. So it's like, yeah, I've got five bucks. I want to go buy it. I was like, okay, okay, fine, let's go. And the butt, it was like four ninety five, whatever, before tax, right? And then she realizes what tax is. And she says, I don't have enough money. Oh, so I used that moment to teach her, like, here's what, so here's what just happened, in. right? Yeah, she didn't no, get she, her talking. I gave in. That's yeah. well, see, you're better than I am. I, I have a story that that it, when my kids listen to this, they'll both laugh. We took our kids to Disney World one year. And my youngest was three and my oldest was five. And we used uh, we used a treasure chest. You do a chore, you put a couple of gems. We had, we had these really pretty gems and I, I dolled up the tre- chest, painted it and bedazzled it. And every time they would do a chore around the house, they would put a gem in the treasure chest. And then at the end of when it was filled, they would get to pick Pokemon cards or something, whatever they wanted. Um, yeah, they loved it. And it, it was fun. But it was it was was interesting when you when you're parenting more than one child you you think you you kind of think they're gonna understand the same values and be the same but I really had a spender and a saver from just from little from tiny um, and we went to Disney World and my parents each gave them fifty dollars so these little children had a hundred dollars to spend at Disney World and it sounds excessive when I say it well, let, and I twenty three doesn't sound like anything so that's okay. I don't have it uh, but. The minute we walked through the door, one of my children just was just absolutely overtaken by all of the 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 sights and the smells. And man, he blew through his hundred bucks in probably the first three hours. We were carrying around his bags and the stroller and stuff. Uh, the other child ended up coming home with like eighty seven dollars and twenty seven cents or some something like that. We had to force him. We went into the Rainforest Cafe and in the sale bin was a $3.74 backpack with a big frog embroidered on it. And that's what he wanted. And he came back with money. And it's a standing joke. Now, both of them have have since evolved and really understood the lessons. But it is interesting how you, when you have more than one child, sometimes they can have different um, points of 
of understanding and absorbing what all of what what it all entails. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but we also used Monopoly. Yeah, that was before tech. Yeah, we used Monopoly. I love a lot. Monopoly. That sounds dangerous. But you guys use you guys probably use the tech now, right? No, you, well, you I, use Monopoly. Yeah, so I did with Cameron when she was uh, like like elementary school age. We did that. They have. A newer version of Monopoly doesn't take nine hours to finish. So Good. And that is, was nice. Is there less family fighting with the new version? <laughs> uh, it's been a while since we played it. So <laughs> now once once Caden's old enough to do that and Cameron, then we'll let you know about the fighting. Please, please do. Uh, that's still a few years out. So no, Monopoly was great, actually. That, that just sparked a memory in my childhood, too, just using board games like that. Uh, Game of Life is another one. Mm-hmm. Um, some things like that. So I think those are those are important to meet the kids where they're at. It's a great, great idea. Uh, but the technology now is a real thing, and it's it's really, really neat for what Cameron's doing as a teenage years. Uh, she can, there's apps that are out there. We've talked about them before. There's one called go Henry. There's another one called green light. There's a few other ones that banks mm-hmm. are all starting like chase has one. Now they're all starting to kind of catch on and, and offer these services. But, but what I like most about that, and I think what, if we can teach our kids early is about managing cash flow. So it's easy to know what you're going to get paid to do your chore. Or if you go, you're, you're working at a, your first job, you know what that number is going to be, the income, but tracking the back end, the expenses is really the key. So these apps are great at doing that and automating a lot of it. And it's with the click of a button, being able to see the transactions uh, and then really the spending categories is the key. So you can identify like with camera. And I said, Hey, yep. spend a lot on shoes. You spend a lot on clothes. How much did you put away in your savings bucket? So you can create buckets, you can create cash flow strategies, and you can also set goals. And I think the technology is great for that purpose. And do you That's get into, fun. I mean, as somebody who does this every day, um, what do you tell, what do you tell parents or clients about their kids to help them understand the value of money? The, you know, cause it's so emotional. How do you, how do you go there? I just had a meeting this morning about that actually. And the comment was, I want, I want my kids to know the value of a dollar, right? So that spirit still exists here in the United States, despite some of the things that we hear, uh, but truly understanding not only just the dollar, but not John Sestina said this years ago, he said, it's not the, it's not the paper dollar itself, right? It's what it can do. Right. So it's not about just having piles of money laying around like that's that might feel great for a minute, but it's about the value, the monetary value behind it. So uh, if Tony was on the show today, Professor Payne would be talking about all the economic <laughs> impacts of all those things. But that's really the truth of it. Right. Understanding economies, you, you just you can go so far with it and teach your kids much more than just, hey, here's what a dollar is and what it can do for you. But how did we get to this point? Right. How, did, how does the dollar worth a dollar? Spoken, spoken by a guy who wanted to be a financial planner at what, nine? Didn't you know when you were nine years old, you wanted to be a financial no, I, planner? I, sh- I uh, shadowed John when I was 14. Most of us 14. don't go down that path. We, we had very different paths. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I, I know I, 14 is when I had to do a, a project for high school, freshman in high school. Yeah. And I, I yeah, observed cool. John for a day and I was like, that was awesome. So yeah. it took a few years for me to get back over here until I was in college. But uh, yeah, early age, I had an interest in this. That's awesome. What about you? Uh, as, as far as when I wanted to, to get into financial planning or no, I mean, how do you, how do you, oh, back to the, the original question. Sure. And you, let, let's say you have a client who's, who's got an older adult child who, mm-hmm. um, is, is maybe tapping the adult who's trying to save for retirement. Maybe the adult child isn't making great decisions and the adult client wants to help the adult child. How do you kind of rein that in as yeah. a planner? Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm super grateful because I was actually thinking about this before the meeting, like, does that happen with any of my clients? And I know as a firm that there are a few that stand out that I can think of, but I fortunately haven't had to have that conversation with anybody. Um, I'm very grateful and that my clients, I'm sure similarly, but uh, they're in a position where children are independent 
So very good position. Maybe they're they're lucky, I think, in a lot of cases, but they, they've so all done well. So what would you say? If I'm a client and I've got an adult child mm-hmm. who wants a new car and I'm trying to cash and look, I'm looking to cash in part of my 401k to, to give the, to buy oh. them a new car, <laughs> pay their medical expenses or something. How do you yeah. handle that? Medical expenses expenses will be tough. So I think it depends on the the what or the why. But uh, in, in my mind, it comes down to what points are you no longer helping them, but you're starting to hurt them, right? You're hindering their own personal growth by always being available and at the same time also hindering yourself. So in our minds, when it comes to our clients, retirement comes first. Your own savings come first. Everything else comes after the Mm -hmm. fact. So you need to make sure that you're personally secure, and then we can have those conversations. So if if the client's in a position where, sure, things are great, retirement works, everything's on track, we have excesses, sure, some lifetime giving, help the next generation, great. But if not, there's, there's going to be some tough conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had that come up over the years. And what I'll tell people is just connect them with me directly. Cause when I deliver I like the message, it's different than coming from mom or dad. Good point. So call, I'm going to call you. Tyler, the bad guy. <laughs> I'll have you talk to Cameron, right? <laughs> Happy to. <laughs> no. That's yeah. always true. I, I remember one time uh, my husband and I went golfing with another couple and he was trying to teach me how to golf and our friend was trying to teach his wife how to golf and we were all fighting <laughs> and we just decided, okay, you teach me, he teaches her. And it was a beautiful thing. So sometimes yeah. that really does <laughs> land better. Um, let's talk about the uh, expensive childcare. Boy, I mean, you guys yeah. are, are you guys having to deal with that at this this stage of the game? Uh, I'll speak up because I, I know Tyler's in a very different position. I don't want to hurt his, I don't want to hurt his heart. Um, I'm in a grateful position that my mom's been looking for a reason to retire for the better part of the last decade, probably. And we actually moved uh, to be a lot closer to her before Aiden was born. Uh, so she's, uh, she was able to retire. We're paying her a good bit less than what would be paying for daycare. Mm-hmm. So I think on average here in central Ohio, it's about two grand a month, something like that. Uh, so we're, we're paying her less, but she's still making more or about the same as what she was making when she was working. So everybody's happy mm-hmm. and Aiden's being watched by his grandma. So but it's, you it's adjusted a big your financial plan to do that. Right. So you guys reassessed where you were going to live and, and your, your, your living uh, expenses absolutely. in order to do that. So there's a prime example uh, of what it takes yeah. to sort of, you've, you've got to look 10 paces ahead, right. As you're, as you're navigating this. Yeah. And they, you're absolutely right about that. And that's actually part of, and it's not today's show, but uh, we're renting for that very reason so that we could be flexible versus being locked down to one area. We knew at some point we wanted to be close. We just didn't know where mom would be or family would be at the time to make that feasible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to, to rent, be flexible, that's a decision we made a, a long time ago for this moment now. Yeah. You want to add anything to that, sir? It's too real. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, you're spot on. I mean, the, the costs are very expensive. Uh, I learned a lot going through that process. Now, when Caden was born, so he's three and a half now, but world shut down, right? With yeah. COVID and everything yeah. else. So he was at home with us for the first year. So we didn't really get that newborn years in, in daycare. Uh, as the kids get older, the cost goes down, right? Just because they're more independent. They go yeah. to the bathroom by themselves. All they that have fun necks, yeah, which right. is crazy how, <laughs> how important that is. Yes. Yeah. Is that an app? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Almost. No, they, they, literally in that they, they actually have a neck now. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's the cost. It's the real. It's, I didn't have that experience with Cameron. It was much like what you just said. My, mm-hmm. my mom watched her uh, until she was about three and a half, four years old and started pre-K and all that stuff. So very different the second time around. Uh, what I'll just tell everybody too on, on the cost of childcare is 
you got to pay attention to some of the the details, like what actually you're paying for. Uh, very strange again, the last few years though, because you have a lot of turnover in that industry to begin with, with daycare centers and things like that. Yep. But COVID made it worse. So we've experienced a lot of the turnover of teachers and staff, and there's a core group that's been great. And we're, we're great. I'm very grateful for that. But you, you also got to watch for the gotchas because not only do you pay your monthly, in my case, it's weekly, they charge you weekly, but there's also these little extracurriculars they add in for the kids. So of course we've got tap and tumble. We've got uh, soccer shots. They've got a summer camp and they hit, they hit you up for fees every single time. Right. But my, kid, like, my kid's going to be the next Leo Messi. Like public school to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds like public school. I mean, it just, it, it never ends. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I hear just from people all the time too, especially in the early years, they think once childcare, like daycare costs are gone, mm-hmm. then my living expenses get so much better. My cash flow is going to improve and you're not going to, nope. you're going to save that 2000 a month. Yeah. No. Then it goes travel soccer. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Just add to the list. It's just, yep. Pay attention to it and watch your expenses because you're not going to be have a savings. It's just going to go to other extracurriculars as the kids get older. And then there's tax implications, right? To yeah, so there, there are, yeah, there's great ways to to tackle that part too. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, personally, we use a dependent care FSA, and we I have no idea. So what that de- is. yeah, dependent care flexible spending account. And that allows us to defer some money tax free. Did you open that unilaterally or through through my wife's through my wife's employer through her benefit? So the employer has to have it available to you to have it. Yep, you can't do it at a bank or anything. Open enrollment thing, right? Read through all the fun stuff and see what's there. Gotcha. Uh, That was last week, I think, right? uh, No, that's two weeks ago. Open all the show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's coming up here in the fall. So, but yeah, so (laughs) the idea there is, we know we're going to spend the money, so push it into an account that's isolated for that. Now the catch is you have to use it for that. There's some other limitations we won't get into as far as IRS rules, but it's been a great way to funnel some income and we know it's going to be gone like that. Yeah. So well, I did find a cool thing about dependent care FSA just, you know, just to, to nerd out a little bit. You can pay family members. Did you know that? Are you from a dependent it? care FSA? Uh, <laughs> no, only because uh, my, my mom, her tax bracket with her husband that they higher tax bracket than we are, ah. but someone has to pay the taxes somewhere is how those work. So Interesting. It, it, basically you could set up a dependent care FSA. It had to be through the employer, like Tyler said, um, and pay family through that. So you'd get the tax deduction or reduces your taxable income, but that family member would then have to realize that is taxable income would be how that works. You better so have a good relationship it. with your family member to be trusting that. Yeah. 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 But you know, if you, you come oh, out ahead deal. 24, 32, whatever percent, and maybe they're in a 10% tax bracket, that's a pretty big win. Yeah. Right. Hey, that kind of transition, I'm going to jump ahead here. It says, I want to learn more about the new Ohio voucher. This this is interesting to me. Um, my kids started out in Montessori schools, and it was always kind of my hope to let them go all the way through, but it stopped in the eighth grade. So we ended up just kind of, we went to, I think, two or three years, and then we went into private uh, public school. Mm-hmm. So this might have been a, a benefit to us at the time. I don't know, but let's talk about the ed choice for private school. Well, you tackle that one, sir. Fun. Uh, so it's it's actually a new scholarship program here uh, in Ohio. I'm sure there are other states that might be doing something similar. But uh, it, historically, it's been if you were at about, I think it was 200 percent of the, the federal poverty level. And that changes. based what is, on What your, does that mean for those of us who are not CFPs? Yeah, well, it's, uh, I don't even know that most CFPs would probably know that offhand, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I might be one of them. Uh, but it, it's essentially just that they'd take a look at what your adjusted gross income is. Uh, so I think the federal poverty level for one person, something like 13, 14 odd thousand dollars. 
annually. That, uh, annually, correct. That's your, your adjusted income. gross income. Okay. And that increases based on the number of individuals in your household. So times four, if you have four kids? Uh, there might be a slightly different math. There's a table online. I think it's available through ODJFS as well. So gotcha. the Ohio Department of Jobs and Family Services. And I'm sure there are other resources to find it. But um, That's historic- ED choice, E-D-C-H-O-I-C. Uh, yeah. yeah, so the other one was just, uh, you know, the uh, department uh, where you can find that information. But essentially, too, um, the old rule was 200% of that federal poverty level. So if your income was at or below that, you'd qualify for the full scholarship. They'd recently increased that, and that's that's really the benefit here, to 450%. That's a, a fair bit more accessible to to individuals now, depending on your income scale, your family size. And essentially, the idea is you may be able to uh, fully fund uh, private school education through the scholarship. That's it. That's incredible. Yeah, I think if you're you're at or below, then it it covers the cost for participating schools. If you're above it, and there are tiers to it, then it gets prorated, so it gets less impactful. But you'd still get something. I can't remember exactly what the the cutoff is, but it's still pretty favorable and worth looking into. What's that look like on your tax return? Any any kind of like uh, deduction or? It wouldn't be a deduction. I don't, I don't know that that'd be a taxable income. I think it'd just be a, a credit, essentially. This is why I'm not sure. You call. I don't know the detail. No, yeah, that's just... <laughs> well, we aren't CPAs either, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I don't know that it would be. Be interesting. Yeah. So people should kind of look into that if if that's of interest to them. If your private school is of interest to you, as you're for sure as you're navigating the expensive childcare. So let's talk about earning and saving. Can and... we talk about private school for a second? Yeah, this is off. This is off. <laughs> right. but slightly on topic. Yeah, right. yeah. So it's maybe controversial. Okay, but. We like Should I do? it's a new show. Do you, do you get what you're paying for is my question. At, at, now, some some kids I've seen go through that, clients, kids, family, so forth. Absolutely. Sure. 100% worth the cost of doing that. Seen other scenarios, even in my own family, where it's like you spent all that money. Kids went to college, didn't use the degree that they're in, racked up debt. You're all sorts college. Of, no, no. Well, no, because even early on, like even four mm-hmm. years of private school, like, just trying to fund that. I mean, it's, that's, we have multiple kids mm-hmm. all going to the same private school. That's, that's, you talk about strapping yourself for your financial plan. Oh man. People are jeopardizing their own retirements for their kids' private school. Now, in, depending on where you live, of course, there might not be an option. That might be the best choice for you. And, and by all means do what you need to do. But I just, just consider that when, if you're analyzing that part of it, like, am I really going to get emotion on the back end? What I'm putting in, yeah, it's identify what identify your pain. Why are you leaning that direction? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it's just, and everybody can make their own decisions as a family, and and certainly should. I don't mean to rock the card too much there, but the idea, good conversation. Yeah, I think it's you got to factor that in because it's hard to commit to ten grand plus a year per kid for more than that now. Oh yeah, I I said plus. Oh yeah, there's a plus. (laughs) Yeah, I feel good about my Nurka High education. I'll be honest. Well, we talk- that, that was Newark, Ohio. You can say that. It's, it's Nurk for us. That's okay. You can mm-hmm. say you can say that. That's right. <laughs> well, let you say that. So we've already kind of covered teaching discipline. I mean, we're not into telling people how to parent their children, but just to give you some kind of um, tips, you know, Tyler talked about taking your kids to the bank with them and what other motivation tactics um, would you provide your kids to save? Yeah, I've, lot there are a lot of them so i think from seems logical but yeah. let's give let's give people some yeah uh just real stories what i just did two weeks ago cameron wants 
$170 soccer cleats. I'm like, no. Are they cool soccer cleats? <laughs> they are though? awesome. They yeah. are sweet. But I'm like, well, no, first no. of all, I want to ask, do you have Air Jordan golf shoes yet? I do not. Okay. No. I, I, I left that back gets, in my... If you get the Air Jordan, she gets those. Yeah, right? I know. I left that. I, I was big Jordan fan growing up as a kid, obviously, in the 90s. And, but I left that there. Right? <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a crazy collection. Um, but yeah, I think you use incentives, right? So it's just like anything. You got to be motivated in life to accomplish whatever goal you want. So first, you go back to setting the goal. What's the goal? Set a timeline to achieve the goal. And then it's easy to say that part. So you have to really drill into the how. How do we get there? And that's what I've been teaching her is, are you going to put the time and the effort in, you know, not only training-wise for, for club soccer, but are you going to just commit to that? Uh, am I, or am I going to have to wake you up at 11 a.m. every day in the summer to do it, right? So just little incentives like that to motivate and you drive behaviors that way. And then the financial piece ties into that when you can see the res, you know the result of the hard work. And I say the same thing is true in life and it's you, you get what you put in, right? So you've got to do that. And if you want something nice, you're going to have to work harder for it. So you have to put more time and commit to it longer. Mm-hmm. And that seems to really start to be clicking with her. It took longer than I expected, but she's starting to, to see the the value there and realize, you know, a hundred bucks, what that actually means and, and how hard it is to make a hundred dollars. Right. So yeah, I think, I think mine were about the same age. I, I actually told them to pick something. You have to get a job. And during the time they were they were younger, soccer refereeing was was on deck for a few years, and they learned a lot about that. They were paid in cash, so it was yeah. you know tangible; they could see it and touch it. And then later, as they got into uh, driving age, same thing. So they became lifeguards, and they lifeguarded and <clears throat> learned a lot about life and money. I think so. They and of course in college, same thing. I don't care. You know, as long as it's legal, get a job. You have to you have to make some money and and know what this feels like to uh, work hard to earn the money and decide how you want to spend it. And I think it really helped them in the long run to be. And it helped me. I mean, I can remember side. You know, I'm going to age date myself, but I can remember being about five or six years old, and I love to have lemonade stands. I I would have a lemonade stand like every week. Because what kid doesn't want to earn money? I don't know what I was going to do. I don't remember thinking maybe Barbies. So I was going to buy Barbies with them. I don't know. But always a yard sale or a lemonade stand trying to trying to make money as a kid. So I think that if you can give your kid an opportunity to, to achieve some independence at a young age, I think they're going to have a better appreciation for that money that they earn. And it's less of a struggle and a disciplinarian kind of experience to teach them about the money at a, at the younger stage of life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, again, he brought up a point there. I was just driving to soccer practice two nights ago and I used that time with her. It's only 15 minutes to and from the field. And I can, it's the only time I can get just her. Oh, the car conversations are the best. Yeah. Put put the <laughs> phone down. Just, we're just chatting, just me and you. And that topic came up. I said, cause she, I, I saw, I said, you know, this time next year, like you'll, you'll, be bouncing between soccer and, and your job. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah, you're getting a job. You're going to get a job next year. I got some connections where you could get a really nice little gig going for you too and make some great money if you wanted to do that. Uh, and she's like, well, I don't want I'm like, people don't, most people don't work because they want to do it every day. They want it to provide a lifestyle that they're trying to have. And if you want to provide a certain lifestyle for yourself, you're going to have to see what that actually means to earn the money. So going back to the value of a dollar, those concepts can be just little car rides to and from soccer practice that you can drive that home. So take notes. Yeah, I, I love some between you guys on this one because I'm, <laughs> I'm learning a lot. This has been yeah, fun. Those car rides, let me tell you, you know how many times I've gotten lost and ended up on two, on 270 <laughs> on purpose just to have a conversation? <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? They're going to look at me when I get home and go, what? It's it's right in line with the chicken nuggets you said were, were not 
vegetarian. I fed him chick- vegetarian chicken nuggets for years. And just, I think they were 25 and 27 when I told them, they oh, were like, boy. you lied to us. That's cruel. <laughs> so word to the wise, get lost a lot. And you'll have some of the best <laughs> conversations of your life with your kid to teach them because they're really engaged at that point. <laughs> All right, so let's move forward here. Uh, we've we've kind of covered childcare, uh, I think, you know, pretty thoroughly. Um, I I think overarching, it's it's kind of you have to first assess your your pain. You know what, how you feel about money, what your emotion is is, and are you a spender or a saver? And only then can you kind of make the decision to teach. And the teaching isn't just about counting; it's about. Uh, consequences, right? It's yeah. about teaching the kids that they're, they're going to be good and bad consequences. Just like when you're choosing to, to go into private school or you're, you're, you're funding your kids college or helping them fund their own college experiences. Yeah. Uh, as to speak up, I actually remember very distinctly, uh, cause again, we didn't have a whole lot of money growing up, but my, I know my dad did kind of have a spending problem with what he did. And that there was one time I remember I, I, I was young. Um, and he, it basically showed me his bank account balance. He's like, what's, what's this minus this? It was, it was a negative number, which we all know bank account, that's not good. Um, but he closed that conversation out with learn from my mistakes. And I think that's part of what kind of drove mm-hmm. me to where I am now. It just hopefully being a little bit more fiscally responsible. But uh, even if you have a, a parent who's maybe not as responsible, right? It maybe spends a little bit more. It's fine to learn from mistakes. You don't have to repeat the mistakes. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, it's, I've, I've said that ad nauseum to my kids, mm-hmm. we, you know, we all have our Petri dish of, of learning about money. I too came from a situation where it was, we were poverty level just by virtue of divorce. And I had to learn at a very young age, if I wanted to try out for cheerleading or to go on a trip that I had to get a job and work yeah. to do that. And what goes with that is the emotion. So you have to approach the situation with some some kind of gratitude and joy. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't just get a job. Money's going to run through your fingertips. You can make it doing anything, but you've got to. I mean, that's part of the example as well. Uh, when, you know, college planning is a prime example. You know, when you're when you're starting to have those conversations with your kids. You know, why are you? Why do you want to go to this college? Look at how much it costs. What, what's your goal? And we could have a whole show about that oh, conversation. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm so, sure we have. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, there's a lot more to it. But um, I think you guys have given some really excellent tips and uh, fun stories. It's been a fun conversation to have today. Before yeah. we wrap, I'm like, one thing. Sorry to interrupt you. Sure. You, back to the technology comment. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm realizing, too, is is TikTok, Snapchat, all the social media oh, has got really, point. really, really bad, yeah. bad, bad, bad advice. Yep. There's maybe like for every good piece of advice, there's a thousand people telling you the bad well, How many times am I sending you something? How many times have I sent you guys <laughs> right. videos, yeah. you know, with a fear mongering going, is this something I should be worried about? Right. No. You know, it's everywhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah, and, but monitoring these kids too. And just because, like I said earlier, those those money habits are developed at a young age. So don't let them get sidetracked by what they see on TikTok and things and think Great that's reality. Uh, I agree with that because there, there was a big trend uh, right when the, the world shut down and everyone was getting the stimulus checks. Uh, the recommendation was to open up an LLC with the money you got, <laughs> run everything through the LLC because that's above board and your whole life's basically expensable. Don't do that. Right. It's terrible life advice. 
Yeah. yeah. Or crypto or, you know, any other kind of investment advice. The 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 moral of the story is seek the counsel of a professional yep. CFP certified financial planner. That brings us to the end of the program. We are excited to be able to kind of have this conversation. This has been fun. I love talking to you guys about these things. I learned so much as a non-financial planner. So thank you for sharing um, for your patience while I ask potentially dumb questions, but <laughs> Never. Well, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they, they help me a lot. So we are a so woo, we are a fee-only financial planning company. Uh, we offer several resources. If you are interested in getting to know your financial baseline better, come see us. Uh, you can sit down with one of these guys and talk about your 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 own pain, your own goals, what you what you see, what you want in your financial uh, outcome uh, through to retirement. So we offer a complimentary consultation with a certified financial planner. Uh, we are. Um, Offering this podcast is an opportunity for education outreach too. So go on our website, check us out, managingtobewealthy.com. Click on the pictures, get to know our people. You're going to see a a, a very uh, happy group of folks that like to help people. So come see us. We'll give you some good information. We appreciate you tuning in. We are Managing to Be Wealthy. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Managing to Be Wealthy podcast. We help you make the most of your money without any hidden fees or commissions. Remember, the best investment you can make is in yourself and your financial future. Keep listening for more expert advice and tips. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. To schedule a one-hour complimentary consultation to discuss your financial concerns, visit our website, managingtobewealthy.com.